This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So come on and let's go and enjoy another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hello! It's me, Dr. Fuck from Throughout Your Die Combat and Rip John with me as always. Oh yeah! Ian Wadley from New Orleans, Louisiana. I got it right this time. That's right. And uh, yeah, we're the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Uh, we're awesome. Yes, and uh, true. yeah, a lot of people give me shit for being so honest. <laughs> so what's up, dude? What's going on? Oh man, just another fun-filled uh, week here at the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and we get to start out with two awesome iTunes reviews, man. I'm loving these iTunes reviews. All right, we got two good ones, huh? This time, yeah. it's good? Yeah, we got right. uh, two two more uh, five-star reviews, and uh, one, uh, <laughs> we've had this uh, recently, we had another person write a new review. So this is somebody who, uh, who previously left one, but just had to let us know again how great we are. And this is a five-star review from B. Moore from Ohio, entitled, Had to Let You Know. He says, and I quote, Hi guys, I already gave you a five-star review before, but now I wish I could have given you six stars. Before a recent family vacation, I downloaded two of your podcasts for an early morning plane ride. The first episode was the top 15 worst Motley Crue songs. Hey, that's a good one. The episode is the greatest podcast I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I, I laughed out loud so much during the flight, I woke my wife up four times. <laughs> we landed with two songs left in the countdown, and I had to find a way to listen to the rest of the episode. I offered to watch the luggage while my wife and her sister waited in line for the rent-a-cars. I put the earbuds back in and heard your review of the song, Brandon. I nearly fell out of my chair with laughter. The episode was your Dark Side of the Moon, or White Owl. Brilliant. Early the next morning, I checked out the episode about the police. While I love everything from Rat to Morbid Angel, the police are, without a doubt, my favorite band of all time. Very cool. Thank thank you so much for switching gears and reviewing their music. Your podcast keeps getting better, and I am a fan for life. How about you do a top 15 worst Van Hagar songs? Oh, God. That, that, that's impossible. There's uh, <laughs> better yet. Let's name top one good Van Hagar song. I, I, I that'd be even pro, uh, hard too. That's right. He says that would be a goldmine of comedy for sure. And I hope the great Bill Wang would be on that episode. Thanks again for the show, Ralph and Wadzilla. Oh yeah, are the best. By the way, Ralph, I checked out Thrash or Die and loved it. Later, be more from Youngstown, Ohio. Awesome. Thank you, B-More. Uh, yes. B-More said that uh, our podcasts are getting better, but you know what? I think that review is better than the last one. Yes. He's getting yeah. better at iTunes reviews. <laughs> Everybody's getting better. Yeah. All right. Well, B-More, I wish uh, there'd be more people like you. That's right. Me too. Yeah, I wish. All right. And here's another person that appreciates us. A five-star review from Still Metal 123. Yeah. This That's is like a- me, because I'm still metal, too. Exactly. I'm always going to be metal. You know why? Because I'm, like, still metal. One, two, three. One, two, three. It's easy as ABC. And this review is titled Metal to the Core. And he says, and I quote, 
For the ones who are still loyal to metal, these dudes take you down memory lane when metal ruled the world. This podcast is for folks who never turn their back on metal. They review classics as well as albums that were not mainstream. Their knowledge of metal is top-notch, along with their opinions of each song. These guys were in the front row in 1985, living the dream. Highly recommended for those who stay true to metal. All right. Thank you, Still Metal. That was really cool. I like that one, too. Yeah, that was a great one. I, unfortunately, I wasn't front row in 85, but, but Ralph was. Shit, I was front row in 79. <laughs> That's when I started going to shows in fucking 79. Yeah. I was wanting, I was wanting to go to a concert at 85. It didn't happen for a few years. Yes. But uh, I was 20. <laughs> 85, I was 11. I was 20 years old already in 85. That's crazy. Just think. But uh, that, that, that is true. You know, Ralph, we both have friends who have uh, unfortunately fallen by the wayside. Yeah, none of my friends are still metal. Yeah, that, it, it sucks, doesn't it? They suck. Yeah. But you know, I have a lot of friends that I met in the later 80s that are still metal. But I'm talking about like the mid 80s and early mid 80s for, uh, metal friends. No, they're all gone. I've got some friends that, that still listen, but that, you know, they don't keep up on the scene. And, you know, it's like what they listen to when they hide from their wives. You know? Well, I have like, I could say about five friends that, I, that are still dedicated to metal from the 80s. Right on. Yeah, they're still metal. All right, well, fuck it. Let's get into the news. What do you say? All right, what's up with the news? Oh, man. I got Oh, good. Well, uh, maybe you go next and you can cheer me up after this story because we had some bad news down the pike today. And that is Paul Deanna was battling cancer. I heard this. Yeah, that's according to Blaze. Yeah. So I'm, well, hoping, I'm hoping Paul comes out tomorrow going, what the fuck is Blaze talking about? Yeah, so, well... It's not like uh, I'm saying I'm, I'm going to be like a little hopeful he doesn't have cancer. Well, even if he doesn't have cancer, I, I, which I hope this is wrong. I, I hope he doesn't. But, you know, he's got a lot of fucked up shit with him, man. And uh, it's sad because that is a true metal, you know, master. It doesn't get near enough uh, respect as he should. You know, those first two albums, you know, plus the live EP are amazing groundbreaking metal. And those Battle Zone albums and some of that Nomad stuff's good too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I, I just I, I didn't like that Deano album. Did you ever hear the very first thing he released after Yeah, that, that's the one with the blue blue something cover? Yeah. Boy. That was Yeah, that was kind of just Yeah, that just sound like he just need to pay rent or, or you know, maybe the record company did that. But there was a little EP. Are you aware of uh, what was it? A Gumagog, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have that. That, that yeah, was that. with uh, Pete Willis and Janet Gears and yeah. Clive Burr, I think. Yes, I believe so. And there was one song. It was just an EP, three songs. One of those three songs was really good. The other two were like, eh. too bad that didn't that didn't uh, flourish. Right, but you, you know when when he does his own thing, you know, and you can tell he's not just trying to sell a record because I think he pretty much gave up on that. You know, I think. Nowadays, he's just true to what he wants to play, and uh, I, I still think he sounds good. Man. I love Paul Diano. I met Paul Diano, super nice guy, and was very, you know, it was in Jacksonville, and he was very intrigued by Miami. When I told him I was from Miami, you know, he genuinely was like, wow, Miami, and I, he was telling me how he always wanted to go there. Or maybe he was there, and maybe he was talking about how much he loved it, 
I can't remember, but you know, you know, you're fucked up if you love Miami. <laughs> yeah, drugs a lot are of, not good. Miami. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of good drugs in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he likes it. All right. Well, here's some other sad news. My doppelganger, Vince Neil, has now been charged with misdemeanor battery. Yeah, I, uh, he must have smacked that girl good. Oh, man. No, don't go away, man. Vince, just go away. If you just would have went away. Well, maybe this will teach him finally. I mean, Vince is, Vince is uh, you know, there's a side of me that really loves the guy. Because, you know, believe it or not, I think he's the most, he's the guy with the most integrity in Motley Crue. But then there's a side of me that's like, dude, you need to chill the fuck out. And don't hit chicks because that's like... I don't know, man. I think only fucking little kids lower than that. Right. On, well, and, and killing animals. That's like the third, you know. Then hitting chicks is number three. Well, you know, like my dad said, you know, never, never hit a woman, you know, with witnesses around. <laughs> you know? Uh, that's not cool. Getting caught's not cool. But, uh, says if convicted, he could face six months in prison. Oh, that's nothing. He can do that standing on his head. Maybe he can lose some weight in there. Ooh. Well, uh, you know, I, I don't know the whole story, so 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 I'm not going to judge either way, but uh, best yeah, of luck to you. Yeah, you know, it was off camera. Who knows? Maybe he just shoved her or something, and the chick's trying to get a payday. I don't know. No, it could have been fucking, uh, you know, Nick Cage that did it. Vince just being a good friend and taking the rap. You know, <laughs> that's true. He's so drunk, he probably didn't remember. <laughs> exactly. Nick said, "Yeah, it was you." Oh, okay. Oh, okay. He's like, "Don't worry about me. I got away with murder." You know, shit. <laughs> so yeah, uh, poor Vince, man. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Vince Neil, here's another story. Uh, chances are, John Karabi will not be playing with Mick Mars now. Oh, he will not be on the album. I don't know. I th- that's I read a story about that. That it might not happen now, and I don't know if that's a connection with last week's story where you were talking about Nikki Six or some kind of clause where you can't work for the past member. Right. You know, I don't know if it has something to do with that, but yeah, they're, they're saying it's a possibility. This is not going to happen. Now. Oh, that man. sucks. Yeah, because I like that little snippet. Those snippets that I heard. Yeah, fucking. Now that's going to be sought after. Yeah, shit. Wish I would have downloaded it. <laughs> All right. Well, here's another birthday coming up, but I got a feeling you're not going to be at this party, but it could be fun. There's going to be a birthday bash in Oakland, California for Rob Flint. Oh, God. Yeah, I saw that. And members of violence, I'd go for that if Sean Killian was there and they played a couple of violence songs. That'd be nice. Well, well, I just saw a picture the other week on the interweb. Uh... And I don't know if it was like real recently or if it was from a few years ago, but it was uh, Rob and Phil Demel who are in Machine Head now, both were in violence, and they were with Sean. And it looked to me, because like uh, the last time I saw Sean was uh, was the movie Get Thrashed, and he he did look a little bit older in this picture, so maybe it is a recent picture. Oh. And uh, how awesome would that be? Yeah, I would love to see that, you know. There's also going to be members of Slayer, Rancid, uh, Death Angel, Forbidden, and yeah, and, and Forbidden Spot. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's going to be there. But they said this all-star uh, old-school metal jam will consist of playing glam, punk, and hip-hop covers 
from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah, I, I heard uh, they're going to do, uh, Rob Flynn's going to do a duet with Al Sharpton. <laughs> Woo. Well, I've never heard Al on guitar. No, no, they're going to rap together. It's going to be Run oh. MC. Oh, okay. <laughs> but admittedly, they're all going to be pretty drunk, and uh, I don't know. This, this sounds like it would be fun. But uh, I'm not going to be able to make this because it's July 23rd. But uh, if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area, Bill Wayne, get your ass to this. And maybe he could be our, uh, you know, uh, Johnny on the spot. Take some pictures and interview motherfuckers. Yeah. Hey, Vinny, Vinny Vincent might be there. You might find Vinny Vincent at this. Yeah, too bad I can't go to that pussy's birthday. Fuck Rob Flynn. But I'd like to go see that. <laughs> uh, are you a gamer at all, Ralph? Yeah, I'm gay. Gamer. Oh, gamer? No, 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 no. Okay, well, the new Iron Maiden game, Legacy of the Beast, is out now. I saw a clip of it. It looked pretty cool. But, you and, know, uh, I don't know nothing about graphics. You know, let me tell you something. Uh, I own Ed Hunter. I, don't know I have that, too. Yep, okay. I got it. I was playing that shit back in the day because I don't know shit about games. I'm playing. I was like, man, this is pretty fucking cool. And then all the game nerds were like, the graphics are horrible. This shit sucks. So I really don't know. I mean, I saw this clip of the new Iron Maiden one. I go, man, this shit looks badass. But then again, it probably it's probably horrible according to the nerds. Yeah, I don't know because I'm not a game nerd. I had Ed Hunter, and I think I got maybe to like to the third level. My friend beat it, which was awesome. Uh, you know, it was good. Oh, I beat Ed Hunter. I won it. It took me like a year, but I did it. I oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah, awesome. we won. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I used to like going over there and uh, just watch them play because, you know, to me it's more exciting. If somebody knows how to play it, I can kind of enjoy watching the game. You know, and it was cool with the different Eddie levels and stuff, but uh, uh, supposedly it's free and you can get it on Apple or Google Play if you have Android. Oh, maybe I'll try that. So, uh, yeah, I was thinking about getting it today too, but I just kept looking at porn. Yeah. All right. Gay porn. <laughs> oh, yeah, the best. Uh... Now, this is sad, too. Oh, God, I guess a lot of sad news. Uh, it was released that the greatest selling album of all time in Britain. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Uh, Queen's Greatest Hits, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Really? What, you don't like that? No. Why not? What, what you'd rather it be fucking Boy George or something? Come on. Well, come on. Dude, the, the, the Beatles? The Stones? Yeah, but dude, you know, Queen. Oh, okay, I know you don't like. I love Queen, man. I'm glad. You know, Queen's awesome. I like I'm, the Beatles more, but still, I, I'm glad. Queen, Queen. I know. I'm, I'm just thinking about how much better music came out of Britain. Ah, oh, come on. Man. Uh, Ricky Rocket, man. Did you see this picture of Ricky oh, Rocket? He looks emaciated. Ooh, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, can cancer does that though, man. Yeah, what kind of cancer you got? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, can't, can't, oh, it's uh, oral, oral cancer. Yeah, yes, diagnosed with uh, cancer of the tongue. Poor guy, man. Oh yeah, but oh, he looks so frail. But apparently, he's trying this new uh, experimental cancer therapy. You know, there's a lot. A lot of people say, uh, you know, a lot of people are against chemotherapy and saying radiation isn't the way to go. And so he's trying this other one, and supposedly he started to do better, but. Uh, Man, by this picture, man, that, that that that's sad. You know, you make all the jokes you want about poison, but uh, oh, no, it's not a matter here, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's Sammy Hagar. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I hope this guy gets better. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, come on, man. 
His, his only crime is, uh, you know, being in a band I don't like. Yeah, 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 I mean, you know, Ricky Ricky don't want nothing but a good time, you know? Yeah, Ricky's all right, man. I can't, I can't fault him for that. All right, well, here's some good news. Triumph members are reuniting for Rick Emmett's new uh, solo album. Yeah, I was like, well, why don't they just do a whole album? But then I forgot we live in a planet that doesn't remember Triumph anymore. Well, man, to me, Triumph has just got to swallow their fucking pride a little bit. You know, I, I know, like, their big thing... Um, is they're mad because they can't do... Now, did you see Travis back in the day? I've seen them three times in headline okay. arenas. Okay, right. Now, I heard that they had a legendary, like, laser show. Like, they like, did, the... well... See, the first time I saw Triumph was kind of in a smaller place. The, 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 the um, Allied Forces tour with Saxon, Denim and Leather. Oh, it nice. Was, uh, Gusman Center, smaller, so they didn't really have the big show there. You know, that... The fog and shit like that, maybe a little pyro, but yeah. Then I saw Never Surrender, but I don't, I don't recall Laser on that one. But holy crap, the the, the Thunder Seven, woo! That was like probably the greatest Laser show because Molly Crew later ripped it off because the way that show started, it was Lasers made a guy's face and he introduced the band. The Lasers did. It was right. so fucking cool. Then. When I saw the Dr. Feelgood tour, Motley Crue did the same fucking shit. Oh, really? But yeah, it was one of the greatest, it was the greatest laser show I ever saw in my life was Triumph. Triumph always put on a really great fucking visual show. Right. Well, I guess that's part of why they said they won't tour now is because they can't afford to put on the show they feel, uh, you, you know, they, they deserve and what the fans deserve. And that's the biggest signal why they just said fuck it. Now, there was a lot of rumors uh, a few years back that they were going to be opening up for Van Halen. Yes, I remember that. I and, uh, oh, man, that, that would have been incredible. But, uh, you know, maybe they just couldn't afford to do what they what they wanted to do, so they just said fuck it. You know, maybe they made their money and they were smart, so they don't have to do it. But uh, who knows, maybe this could spark something. You know, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath, but it would be nice. I would love to see Triumph. No, the thing is, they reunited a couple years ago, and it didn't really do much, and that was it. That was the end of it, you know? And it sucks because, you know, I own the Swedish Rock Festival, which was one of the reunion shows, and they were amazing. Yeah, you know, that's good an amazing... See, Triumph is an amazing band, but they don't really fit in today, because today is just so fucking negative, and it's just so fucking, like me, gay. And but back then, you know, to have positive lyrics was so fucking welcome, you know. And and I'm telling you, have we ever done a Triumph show? I think we did, didn't we? No. Okay. Nope. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of my review. I did a review on YouTube for Allied Forces, and and I went into this whole thing about fight the good fight. How I did on the podcast with I am on me. Right. You know, it's like such a positive, and it really did help me, you know. And, and I, I mean, I, I ain't going to go through that whole speech again because I've done it on the podcast. Listen, listen to Twisted Sister, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll episode. You'll hear me say what I, what, I, what I mean to say now. And Triumph was very instrumental to me in my youth. I thought they were one of the, my, they were one of my favorite bands. And I put them right up there with Rush. Yeah, I may like Rush more, but not that much more. Well, another band that's reuniting and probably not, well, say definitely not for all the right reasons is Dockin. But... But Jeff Pilson and George Lynch said they've written one new song. Yeah, I saw this. 
and uh, that they they're gonna have out in time for the uh, for the tour. If you want to call it a tour, I mean it's six shows in Japan. Uh, but uh, I you know I don't know if this is gonna be like a free download or or, or what it's gonna be. Hopefully this sparks something to where you know Don changes his mind. But again, you know don't hold your breath. No, in this day and age, there's no market for docking, and you know they'll just be a part of a package tour with. Uh, see, docking. See, the, the big misconception about docking was they were never really big, even in the '80s. They never were a headline. I saw docking always open for people, and the only time I ever saw docking headline on the under on unlock uh, under lock and key tour, which I guess was their height, was a little tiny club, and it was packed beyond rafters. But that was them at their height, you know. And before that, I saw them open for Dio. I saw them open for Priest. And yeah. uh, they were never really a headline band. And I don't see them, you know, uh, if they were to reunite to play anything bigger than theaters. Right. But I'd be right fucking there. That's for damn sure. They will not get money from promoters like Japan. You know, Japan, Japan pays fucking Mr. Big a lot of bucks, too. You know what I mean? Right. The whole yeah. different planet over there. If you can't make it in Japan, you can't make it anywhere. Yeah, thanks. I see, I see what you're trying to say there. <laughs> I, hey, I didn't say anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just saying everybody's big in Japan. Well, you know, there is Rockstack Records in Osaka sells uh, Fractured Eye Well, Let's there see. you go. Yeah. See? It's you got, a little bit. You got a Japanese presence. I'm yeah. just, that, that, that's where the reunion tour money is going to be. You know? Yeah, let's hope they, they book Thrasher Diamond. <laughs> that, you know, let me tell you something. I, even before I was ever in a band, I've always wanted to go to Japan. Always. And one day I'll do it. I, I'm going to go, whether it's with my band or, or not. I'll go with an acoustic guitar public. I'll spread the fuck in Japan. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to wish, uh, I don't know how you feel about this guy, but I want to wish a speedy recovery to Tim Alexander from Primus just suffered his second heart attack. Suffered? Yeah, and then uh, he's a uh, he's like a healthy guy. He's That's like all weird. Yeah, he's always been uh, always been a health conscious guy, and that's how he got his you know his nickname in the band is Herb uh, because he was always like eating herbal shit and all this stuff. And uh, maybe he runs too much. You know those joggers, man, that run too much, they die. Right. Of heart well, attacks. I'm not sure what it is, but he had a heart attack a few years ago and was replaced by Danny Carey of Tool for uh, for about a month. But he came back. I saw him the other year and uh, and just played a bit. I mean, he's technically he's an amazing drummer, but uh, yeah, sec- suffered a second heart attack. And this is after undergoing a successful bypass surgery that uh, removed blockage from his arteries, but. Uh, hope he gets better, man. That's like he's too young, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. You know, there, there was a guy in the '80s that wrote health books that died of a heart attack too. No shit. Yeah, true story. I can't remember the guy's name though. It uh, that, you know, just goes to show, man. When it's your time, it's your time. But you know, try to yeah. Take watch care me of die yourself. now that I'm getting all healthy. <laughs> Don't say oh, that. I fucking need. Don't say that. Man. Yeah, I know, right? You'd be over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd have to shack up. to obscurity with you, buddy. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to shack up with the first guy that knows how to edit. 
Well, eventually somebody will come around and ask you to do an interview for the Dr. Dr. Fuck documentary. Exactly. Oh, I'll be so drunk. <laughs> I lost my gravy train. <laughs> Here's a fucking asshole I want to dress. And I knew, I knew somebody was going to post this shit on the Facebook page just to fuck with me. And that's cool. Turnabout's fair play. I fuck with a lot of people. But everybody's making this big deal. Sammy Hagar donates 100000 to Children's Hospital. Yeah. Big fucking deal. <laughs> big fucking deal. Nah, that's pretty cool he did it. it it's, it's nice that he did it, but it's yeah. like... But, but, I mean, people send me this. And, and this, is, this is our own father who did this. The pod father, Ken Mills, is the one who posted it on the page. Oh, you bastard. But, but uh, I love you, Pops, but God damn it, this is not going to change my opinion of the man. Yeah, he still sucks. He super sucks. Yeah. You know, but but yes, it, it, it is nice that he did this, but it doesn't change a thing how I feel about him. But, you know, as a parent, your biggest fear in life is Sammy Hagar joining Van Halen. And I've already been through that, you know. Your second biggest fear is a sick child. But the number one fear is let's keep Sammy Hagar out of Van Halen. In other words, Eddie Van Halen donated the money to that children's hospital. Because if it wasn't for Eddie Van Halen, that guy wouldn't have no money today. He wouldn't have no money to invest into Cabo Wabo with uh, Stanley Hampshire royalties. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, yes. box ain't going to pay for shit. (laughs) All, All is... All his money did come from Van Halen and from ripping off poor Mexicans to make his shitty tequila. <laughs> he'd, have, he'd have as much money as that eight six seven five three zero nine guy. Uh, I got I got one last bit of news, and All you right. brought it to my attention, and I had to run online and look at it myself. Oh boy, the great Scott Green's out of control, isn't he? Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a shopping spree. He put up Doctor Fuck flip flops. <laughs> Dr. Fuck clock, Dr. Fuck complete shirt, Dr. Fuck necklace, a rock and metal combat podcast clock, wall clock. I bought them all. <laughs> I bought everything. And, uh, uh, and he's like, ooh, look at all this money I'm making. I'm like, yeah, yeah, enjoy it, Ben. <laughs> right. You know, and look, here's one thing. And, you know, everybody knows me as Mr. Ego. There's no way I'd wear a Dr. Fuck shirt. And I even own, I have both Dr. Fuck shirts have put out so far. But this one's like a complete shirt. It's all over. It looks really nice, you know, but I'll never wear it. And, you know, I got a Dr. Fuck clock. I would never put that on my wall. It's too pompous. But, yeah, I'm going to put that Rock and Metal Combat podcast clock on my wall. Fuck yeah, rock and roll. And I will wear the flip-flops because, you know, my feet will be covering my face. I, the fucked up thing. I can't even afford my own fucking flip flops. I got flip flops for my radio show. Oh, I'll buy you. I'll buy you some flip flops. What the flip flops cost? Uh, like twenty bucks. You know, with tax and everything. And you can see, you can get it. Uh, go to that metalstation.com, and you know, you'll see a little schedule thing under it. It says uh, TMS merch. And click on that, and it'll take you to that page where you can get all this wacky shit. You can get Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Um, you know, uh, go- oh, I told them to make a Rock and Metal Combat Podcast shirt because those shirts are very nice, and that I'll wear because it covers right. the whole shirt. It's one of those shirts that covers everything. Right. 
So yeah, definitely uh, check that shit out. You know, if you dig us that much, man, buy. You know, I'm not asking to buy Doctor Fuck shit, but buy podcast shit. That'd be cool. But, but you know, right now with you know my 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 car troubles and shit, man, I, I I'm barely eating, but I want those flip flops. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Don't worry, you know, I'll hook you up. Oh man, you're the best. I'll buy you the flip flops. That's the least I since you pay for everything. Size twelve. <laughs> uh, it's actually a small, medium, large. There's no fucking size. That's how it is. Small, medium, large. I go, well, I'm not really medium, but I'm not really large. Oh, fuck it. I'll get a large. <laughs> uh, well, you know what they don't have is any Michael W. Howard t-shirts because just when he was about ready to break big, <clears throat> he left us. But... uh why don't you hear this episode? This is actually the first one we recorded with Mike. Everybody is got it? to hear. Oh, this is the one with that real funny joke about school. Yes. I won't yes. give it away, but boy, man, I was crying laughing. Oh, I didn't <laughs> realize that was this episode. Yeah. That well, shit we... says a real funny joke about school. Uh, you, oh, my God. It's, it's hilarious. Michael Howe well, school. But uh, Michael, he he was great on this on this episode. You're about ready to hear. We ragged the fucking piss. He's no longer on the Facebook pages. Basically, what it what it amounts to. But uh, yeah, that was by his own volition. And uh, but he, he was a great sport on this and a great sport on the uh, on the Motley Crew because we we really eat this guy alive. <laughs> oh yeah, we fuck with him a lot. But uh, you know. That's what he gets, you know, for, hey, he got to do the, his favorite album on the show, so uh, that's the price you pay, kids. That's right. But uh, let's get into it. This is our review of Lynch Mob. All right. Wicked yeah. Sensation. Cool. All right. That's enough of the news, and now we're going to do a review of Lynch Mob. And Ian, why don't you introduce our special guest? Well, I wouldn't go as far to say special, but we have a guest. Well, he but... did go to school in a short bus. Yes, okay, so our special needs guest this week is one and only Michael W. Howard. Yeah. Was, I, loved, I loved him on Family Ties. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you were, you were real good in Soul Man. Uh, I don't know yeah. if that was politically correct, but uh, yeah, you look good in blackface. And Team Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, welcome, Michael. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you have been really hounding us for the longest time to do a lynch mob uh, review and you know and uh, and you know we're finally gonna do it we're throwing you a bone and you know what man just to show you how much I appreciate you I did sit through this piece of crap album a lot trying to get <laughs> trying to get into it and it didn't work that well I'm gonna be very 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 offensive uh, not so much about the album but about people from Kentucky and uh, and then I'm going to go off on the album as well. Uh, I will say, I'll start this, um, Michael. Uh, I discovered this album through the song uh, Wicked Sensation. I saw the video. I'm a big fan of Dokken. Loved it. I said, woo, this is really good. And I went and bought the album. So that's my only background. And, I'll, and then I'll tell you how it was the first time I heard it. Well, I'll just say it now. I heard it. I couldn't get into it. I gave it another shot. Couldn't get into it. Then I just stopped listening to it. Maybe like, I don't know, less than a year later, I gave it another chance, and I haven't heard it since. So since the release of this album, I haven't listened to this album until this week where I've heard it a total of four times. And I gotta say, 
uh, I was horrified. It's it's <laughs> it's really bad. But you know, there is a couple positive things I do have to say about the album uh, that I didn't catch the first couple times, and I needed it to sink in to realize it's not a total waste. There are some highlights on it, but I'll talk about that when we get into it. Ian, you go into how you discovered uh, Lynch Mob, Wicked Sensation. Well, uh, much like yourself, I was a huge Dockin' fan. Uh, first album I got was Under Lock and Key. Uh, never forget the, the morning, Monday morning it came from Columbia House, along with 13 other cassettes for one penny. And uh, played the shit out of it, loved it. Uh, went back, got the other albums. Couldn't wait for Back for the Attack to come out. Loved that fucking album. Loved the live album, uh, Beast from the East. And then they, they, they broke up, but there was always this shit hit parader about how much uh, Don Dockin and George Lynch hate each other. You remember the, the infamous cover where they're standing back-to-back with guns and shit? And, yeah, uh, toy guns. Yeah, toy guns. And, uh, you know, it, it, I was sad to see them break up, and, and they precursed, you know, like a few years after Dockin broke up, you saw a lot of bands either breaking up or, like, changing singers and stuff like that, but Dockin was probably one of the first after I got into metal and hard rock, you know, was, was the first one to break up. But I always loved George Lynch. Uh, out of the 80s, George Lynch, Jakey e. Lee, and Warren D. Martini are by far my favorite guitar players. And so I was very interested in what he was going to do. And then I found out, you know, Wild Mick Brown was going to be part of it. I was like, hell yeah. And it was going to be called Lynch Mob. I was like, oh, that that's a cool name. And then I remember there was a lot of controversy because... Um, What's his name? Uh, Vernon Reed from Living Color was very upset. He said he found the name very offensive, and uh, there was a big stink about it for a while. But uh, I was like, I don't care. You know, I wasn't too sympathetic back then to anybody's shit. I just wanted to hear the album. And then I saw, like, you know, what the cover was going to be. And to me, this is one of the greatest covers of all time. That fucking skull with the snakes and the swords. I was like... Oh yeah, this shit's gonna kick ass. And then I saw the video for Wicked Sensation a little bit before the album came out, and was blown away. And I was like, Oh my god! You know, I got to be the first day buyer on this. This is even better than Dockin'. I was, I was so excited about this because of that song. And uh, I bought this. I played it a lot at first, and and then I kind of shelved it. Uh, they, they put out the next album with a different singer. And while I love the single, I, I, I didn't love it enough to where I went out and bought it. And, you know, then, you know, Lynch Mob broke up. And then, you know, he went back to Doc and then Lynch Mob got together. And I never really followed him. But, uh, man, when the first album came out, uh, I loved it at the time. I got to say also that uh, the singer on this album, Oni... Is yes. a local boy. He used to be in a band down here called Defiance, which was a really cool band. Michael, you there? All right, I'm here. Uh, yeah, tell us uh, how you discovered uh, Wicked Sensei. I discovered. Well, all right, I, Mike, that's enough. Let's get into the. All album. right, track one. No, just, <laughs> now, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. No, I mean I was a big Dockin fan myself, and even whenever um, the live album came out, Beast from the East, and they had that song "Walk Away." You know, me and my friends, you know, because I had like three or four friends of mine that was also big into docking. We speculated whether or not, you know, that was like their breakup song, you know. And then it wasn't long after that, they ended up breaking up. So, heard about, you know, 
he was going to form his own band. Don had already, you know, formed his own band and came out with an album. You know, by the time Lynch Mobs came out. So a friend of mine was telling me, you know, about how he read in a magazine because at this time, you know, I really wasn't watching MTV no more. I wasn't reading rock magazines. You know, I was more into, you know, partying, hanging out. I was dating a girl at the time, so you know, I, I wasn't, you know, following it. And he told me, you know, they were saying about calling the name Lynch Mob, the band Lynch Mob. And he was like, that is so fucking stupid. I was like, stupid? And I was like, dude, that's a killer fucking name. I mean, Lynch Mob. You know, I was like, how can you not fucking like that? So I didn't see the video before it came out. As a matter of fact, I came across the album because I knew when it was coming out. So I got invited to a, a hotel party with these girls. And my buddy was coming to pick me up. And the song that we always played for, you know, we went out, you know, like chasing girls was The Hunter. So, you know, whenever, you know, three ends, like, you know what time it is, it's like, oh, dude, I think that new fucking Lynch Mob album came out. So we went up to Ear Ecstasy and fucking, you know, checked it out. So I went up there and I got the fucking cassette. Because, you know, CDs wasn't around back then. And, uh, yeah, seen they the club. <laughs> I bought it. Well, well, not in Kentucky. Yeah, not in Kentucky. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're way behind on that, sir. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you do know slavery has been abolished. I, I'm yeah. just letting you know that. Okay. Anyway, uh, so so we went and got you know the uh, cassette, and I seen the um, I seen the cover, and I was like, oh fuck yeah, man. So we throw it in, and we listen to Wicked Sensation. We're driving, fucking, you know, it comes on like a fucking beast, and I was like, yeah. And then when as soon as it fucking ended, just like had to stop it, I rewounded it. Played it again, cause I had to hear that song again, cause I was just that fucking pumped up about it. And you know, we listened to the rest of it till we got to the ho- you know hotel. You know, we did our thing that night. Fucking left. I took the cassette. I ended up actually just really getting listened to it. I fucking loved it. You know, I wasn't expecting a lot of it, considering you know I heard Don's album, and I was thinking you know, like Don made uh, uh, up from the ashes, and it was about Don. I mean, you you can listen to that album. And, it's, you know, it's all about Don. You know, the music's secondary. I mean, even though he had some great fucking musicians on there, and they did play some good music, but you could just tell it was, and I was sitting there thinking, like, George is going to make a Vinnie Vincent invasion, which I do love Vinnie Vincent. You know, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I thought he was going to be over the top. You know, he was going to put himself out front. And, you know, the mute, the vocals were going to be kind of like, you know, second. But, you know, I thought I only went in there and blew it out. You know, I mean, it was a great fucking album. You know, it would have been a great docking album. But, you know, but it is what it is. But it's a, I love the fucking album myself. All right, well, why don't you go into the first track? I know you loved it so much you rewound it. But you have anything else to add to the title track? Oh, fuck yeah, man. I love that fucking title track. You know, just the way it fucking starts up, you know. When I first heard that fucking song, man, for the longest time I was thinking it was about sex. You know, up and down and in and out. I was like, you know, I was like, fuck, man. And then one night, me and a buddy of mine was tripping, you know, <laughs> and I was sitting there listening to it, and I was like, I think that motherfucker's talking about shooting up. And then from that moment on, it's like, I never think of that song as like a sex song. It's more as a fucking, you know, dude fucking shooting up and shit. Because personally, that's what I, because I think that was only Logan's problem in the band was, you know, his heavy drug use is one of the reasons why, you know, George ended up getting rid of him. But, I mean, that, that's what it comes to me. And then, you know, I love how it breaks down in the middle and it goes low and then it just comes back up and ends with, you know, 
got that devil in my soul. Just fucking love it, man. I mean, the music's fucking perfect. Only sounds good, you know. I just love the fucking guitar solo in it, the drum. I mean, it's a fucking great fucking song. All right, Ian, what do you think? Uh, one of the greatest cock rock songs ever. Ever. And I, I know sometimes you and me, you know, disagree on what's cock rock, but I think what I consider cock rock and what you consider is different. See, uh... When you hear cock rock, you think hair metal. When I think cock rock, I, I think 80s hard rock that is about fucking. You know, where, where it's like traditional metal is more like, you know, Dio and Maiden and Priest, where it's more like Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, and history and all this kind of shit. But cock rock to me is just like fucking songs, you know, like, like hard rock fucking songs. Now, you know, when you hear cock rock, I think you think hair metal. You know, you think Nelson and shit like that. But to me, cock rock is just, you know, uh, songs about fucking. Songs that come from the cock, not from the head. You know, you're not battling demons and dragons and all this shit. You know, it's just fucking songs. And this is one of the best fucking songs. But much like uh, C. Thomas Howell here, I too initially thought this was about fucking. But, much like him, I learned it was about shooting up. Or maybe I think it's about shooting up. Because when I was listening to this album a lot, I was shooting up with uh, with Michael's mother. <laughs> and uh, we, used to, we used to, you know, streamline some fucking meth. And, uh, you know, we, we even shot some weed between our toes. That's it was, wicked! Yes. And it, what a sensation. Well, yeah, the, the, the sensation was the next day when uh, I went to piss and it burned yeah, but see, I realized back then it wasn't meth, it was crank. Yeah, yeah, it was crank. Uh, but no, I, I absolutely love, I think this is a perfect fucking song, and what a way to start the album. And this was not only, you know, on MTV, but I also heard this on the radio. Now, it made it to number 31 on Billboard's mainstream rock charts, and, you know, it gets so weird when you hear the charts. I mean, like, the real thing is the Hot 100, but then, you know, like, then they do the subgenres of, like, well, how's it doing for a rock song? So, for a rock song, it went to number 31, which, I mean, isn't huge, but I do remember hearing this song all the time, and it was, it, it was so good, it made me, you know, immediately want to be a first-day buyer, and I, I thought he, like, out docking, docking. Only uh, Logan sounded amazing to me, and I, I couldn't wait to hear more after I heard this. What did you think, Ralph? Well, before I tell you what I think of the song, I like how you, you you gave your example of cock rock. The difference between cock rock and hair metal is that when you think of cock rock, it's songs about fucking, which uh, really complexes me because when I think about fucking, I think about vagina, not cock. <laughs> I'm saying songs that are inspired by your Homo! Anyway, <laughs> I love this. Hey, song. hey, hey, hey. Michael's our guest. Don't call him a homo, okay? <laughs> anyway, uh... That homo's sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. You're from Kentucky and you're a homo? That's some yeah. serious closet space there. Yeah, yeah. Say. Plus, you can still get arrested for being a homo in Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We don't want to get this guy in jail, even though I'm sure he'd love to be there. Oh, boy. Anyway, all right, back to the song. This song rules. I love this song. It's what made me go out 
And yeah, I bought the CD, Michael, believe it or not, <laughs> when this thing came out. They had this dead, dead CDs down here, dead stores that sold CDs, and I, yeah. I, I went and bought this. You see, there was a ritual I would do back in the day. Uh, usually, they would show, a, uh, like Saturday nights was uh, Headbangers Ball. So I would see something like, you know, I'd see this or Badlands or the new Nuclear Assault or some shit like that. And I'd run Sunday to my, you know, the record stores and buy all this shit I would see on Headbangers Ball the night before. And Wicked Sensation was one of them. I can't remember for the life of me what I also bought that day, but I know it was something that was on Headbangers Ball as well. And I bought that and it blew this album away. But I did listen to this one. And I love this song. This is the song that got me. The fucking opening riff is pure George Lynch. It's a great rock. I mean, it just rocks. This song fucking rocks. Uh, it's what made me go out and buy the fucking album. And I would consider it my favorite track on the album. And uh, and I really do like the song. And and uh, and I like the video too. It's dark with fire and shit like that. I think this album could have been a huge hit. If it could have just continued this vibe all the way through it, but I'll go to the next one. And I believe the next one they made a video for it too, didn't they? River of Love? I could be wrong. Yeah. It was a single, but I don't remember the video. I kind of, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember the video for this, which There's came one, and uh, came and like, went real quick. Now this is cock rock tastic. Uh, down, down, down. Reminds me of. Sammy Hagar, round and round and round. I got what is it? Round and round by Van Hagar. Round and round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figures you'd know it, <laughs> Sammy fan. <laughs> Bite but, your tongue. But pretty much, it's it's like Van Hagar. Same shit to me, though the solos cool. It's much better than what Edward was doing around during those years. But this is it, dude. This song to me is is one of the fucking main reasons this album does nothing to me because it's very van hagar this song and and it's very cock rockish and and i uh view cock rock in a different way than you Ian. i just see it as when i say cock rock i think sucks you know i i and it's hair metal cock rock to me it's the same shit you 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 shimmy it all together and it's not so much the look it's the music. The music is what makes me not like, you know, because like, you know, I've said a quadrillion times. I love Cinderella, uh, Night Song. And look at that album cover. I mean, that's pure cock rock image wise. But I put on that album, I don't hear cock rock. I hear fucking rock. And, but in this, I hear hair, metal, Van Hagar. What came out first? Fuck or this? This came out first. Yes. Okay, then, then I guess... Van Hagar ripped them off, <laughs> and uh, it's 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 terrible. I hate River of Love. I have no love for this river. Yeah. All right, well, I'll, I'll take this one, and uh, I could not disagree with you more, Ralph. I think this is a a perfect song. Hagar I, fan, and man, when when this came out, I was like, holy shit, another one right away. And this was actually, even though. You know, I'm, I'm reading the chart positions on the songs, and even though I didn't hear this one on the radio like I did, um, you know, Wicked Sensation, and I don't even remember seeing the video, 
This charted higher on the mainstream rock chart. This one went to number 19. But I absolutely love this song. I think it's perfect. And another thing that I love about this album is the production. I think it sonically is amazing. Bob Rock can suck a dick. I think Max Norman, the great Max Norman, you know, who did uh, Blizzard of Oz, Diary of a Madman. Uh, yeah, Poser Holocaust. He also did, uh, uh, I believe he did... Uh, the Fuck Album by Van yeah, uh, No, no, he did Euthanasia. He did uh, Countdown to Extinction. Well, you know, may not be the best of them, but I mean, sonically, they were great albums. I think Max Norman is a great producer, and sonically, I, I think everything hits on this album. Well, like, even when the songs are bad, I think the production is really, really good. Uh, really solid. And I absolutely love River of Love. I'll fucking skinny dip in that motherfucker. What do you think, Pecker Wood from Kentucky? Uh, you already know I love this fucking song. And speaking of Max Norman, you know what? You know what album he produced after this album, right? Uh, not offhand. Countdown to Extinction. He did oh, this. Uh, okay, that was the one after. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, he was on a you know he's on a good row right there because. He did this, and he did Death Angel 3, I think, before this one. Then he did uh, Wicked Sensation, then Countdown. But, yeah. Actually, I do. I had to agree with Ralph on one thing. I think this is the best solo on the album, George's best solo. But I do love the harmonica on this. Like, I love when the harmonica, like, brings it down, like, in the middle. And then only goes into, you know, like, a little vocal thing. And then the drums bring it back up, you know. It, it's a really, actually, Mick Brown really sounds good on this album, too. I mean, Mick Brown kicks ass on this album, or on this song anyway, and there's not much I can say bad about this song. I, I can't see why Ralph wouldn't like it. Well, yeah, I could, but... Well, let me just get into the next song, because it, it has a lot to do with uh, the harmonica. Um, and I love the harmonica on the next song, too. Okay, uh, Sweet Sister of Mercy. Now, this is, this is what really turns me off about the hair metal scene back then. You know, if you're a cock rocker, you're a pretty boy, you're this and that, you try to get bluesy to get some kind of cred, like some street cred. You know, a lot of poofy hair glancers. You know, I can't identify with this, like, bluesy bullshit. It all started with uh, Great White and Tesla, which I like Tesla, though, by the way. I thought Tesla did it, did it more authentic than any of these fucking bands, because I don't consider... Tesla at a, a cock rock band at all, actually. They were jeans and t-shirt and kind of like a hard rock band. But these bands going that little bluesy route, it's so predictable. Even Cinderella's guilty of it. That's when I got turned off by Cinderella because Night Songs didn't have none of that fucking slide guitar, harmonica bullshit. Yeah. And uh, Sweet Sister of Mercy is a prime example of, you know, cock rock trying to be hip uh, at that time to, you know it, it was of the time all bands were doing it at that time trying to be like bluesy and uh, you know because you know deep down inside they knew what they were doing with the whole fucking you know talk dirty to me i want action and you give love a bad name and all that shit they knew that shit was Flaccid and plastic and no man, these guys were bluesy. Look at the back cover; they're on motorcycles. They were a motorcycle gang before Black Label Society. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and you can you can look at Zach Wild 
on No Rest for the Wicked and George Lynch on the cover of Under Lock and Key and then get back to me, you know? There you go. That's the real. That's what they really were. And and George Lynch even admits it in interviews. Oh, Motley Crue is uh, using that hairspray. Get a crate of it. You know, they were trying to keep up. And, and there's that famous, I don't know if you ever saw the interview. It was like managers. They had the same managers in Metallica. And they, yeah. were t- and they were telling them, look, you guys should stop with this makeup shit. Be more like Metallica. And they're like, fuck you. We want to be big like Motley Crue. Metallica is still opening for Ozzy and shit. We're, you know, they're not big like Motley Crue. We want to be like that. Now, then you see uh, Poison and Cinderella getting hits with, you know, Coming Home, Every Rose Out of the Thorn, and all this uh, bluesy shit, Rock Me by Great White. You know, and, and all bands took that fucking route. I find it insincere, sucky, shitty, sweet sister of mercy, as, 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 as Cubans say, plasta. And plasta means platter. And plata, uh, platter of shit is what plata means, in short. Uh, all right, Michael, what do you think of sweet sister of mercy? Well, okay, I can understand what you're saying about like established bands doing that. But, I mean, you're taking a new band, and, you know, they're trying to set out their own identity. Which, yeah, it, it paralleled with a lot of other bands, but I really think that Lynch Mob did it a lot better because only you got to realize only Logan came in and he had his own style coming into the band, and I think George Lynch formed himself around Oni Logan as opposed to putting Oni Logan, you know, into a Don Dockin mode. So he went with what he had to actually make what Wicked Sensation was. And I mean, the whole song, I mean, the whole album is full of like bluesy type sounds. Breakdowns in the middle where, you know, it just like comes, you know, it goes high and then it comes low and, you know, and then it goes back up towards the end. I think it fucking works for them. I really, really do. And I think that, you know, Sweet Sister Mercy is a prime example of that. You know, I love the harmonica. I love how, you know, it comes in and, you know, it starts rocking. And, you know, it's just one of those songs that, exemplifies exactly what you know what they was trying the sound they was trying to make towards the beginning of it because towards the middle of this album it's more darker you know so it's light then it's dark and then it gets light at the end which i think is a perfect balance as far as the album goes but you know with sweet sister mercy the one uh there's one line in it that i really fucking love where he says uh, keep searching for a life that'll lead me to heaven and then later on he says Tomorrow you say, but it's just like yesterday. So basically, say, and that's something else I really love about this album is the fucking lyrics. I think, you know, Oni Logan wrote some fucking amazing lyrics. Like, if you just took the fucking music away and you just look at the lyrics, I mean, it's almost like fucking poetry. You know, the way I look at it, it's almost like a, you know, dude wrote a poem and then put fucking music to it. And then, you know, you got that music goes along with that bluesy sound that goes along with it. Just fucking perfect. And I love the fucking harmonica in it. All right, Ian. Uh, well, I also love the lyrics on this. You know, uh, you know, my, my favorite uh, line is when he says, uh, "From this lynch mob, I'm hanging. It's Mike's mom, I'm banging. <laughs> if this trailers are rocking, don't come a knocking." Uh, I absolutely love this fucking song, man. Here I'm like three in a row, man. I'm, I'm listening to the CD for the first time. I was like. Holy fuck, this is like the best album ever. You know, I mean, this to me is just a absolute perfect fucking cock rock song. I love everything about this. I love the harmonica. 
I love the lyrics. I love the vocals. I love the musicianship. To me, this is a perfect fucking song. Three in a row now. They are just knocking out of the park. Absolutely love Sweet Sister Mercy. Well, is it four in a row? No, this is the third, third, third song. No, this but how the about the next one? Is it going to be four in a row? Tell us what you, you think of All I Want. You goddamn right it's going to be four in a row oh, because gosh. I love All I Want. It's It's got a nice, like, you know, slow, groovy beat. I mean, this is like a, a, a lay in the pipe song. You know, and, and, and to me that means banging a chick, you know, right right now. Browse listen to it, he's, he's taking a pipe to his fucking head because he can't stand it. But I think this shit is great. I really, really love this song. And, you know, th- this was a CD I would always listen to, like, the first four or five, like, over and over. Because they were so, like, one song after another is kicking ass and great music, great production Everything's all, I love all I want. You know, that's something they always play at every Lynch Mob show throughout every lineup. They always play the song, and for a reason. I think it's killer. It, it, it's got a great groove. And everything I love about 80s rock, even though this came out in 1990, uh, it's got everything I love about that era. I think it's like a really solid track. What do you think, Mike? Oh, yeah. The only, I love this fucking song. I mean, I love the bluesy rock. The only thing, I, there's one line in it that I fucking hate. And it's at the end of it when it's like, uh, to make you all my own. Like, this would have been a great song if you would not have fucking added that lyric at the end. Because it sounds more like, you know, like we've all had that fucking one girl, you know, where, you know, she didn't tell anybody that we was fucking her. And like, for me, it was uh, my best friend at the time, his next door neighbor. She was like 22, 23, I was like 17. And when her husband worked third shift, like he would go, you know, to work. And as soon as he left, 30 minutes later, I was, you know, next door, you know, hitting that. It's a perfect song as it is, but that one line just fucking, I don't like. I've never liked that one line. Well, I, um, the only thing I like about the song is that one line at the end, because it, <laughs> it means it's the end of the song. <laughs> Look, all I want has everything, all that I hate. Okay, this song, again, it's, I, I'm just going to repeat myself with Sweet Sister Mercy. Look, we are bluesy, so we can have cred. It's all about the glam band. It was all the glam bands did the same thing. Get a blues vibe. Make it look like they're, they're, they're more than a pretty boy, than pretty boy music. But they couldn't do it into the chorus because the chorus is total cock rock territory. Non-bluesy. It's what they really are, what they couldn't get away from, and uh, I hate it. I hate it. Michael, take the next one. Hellchild. One of my favorites. This actually goes into where my, like, I love every song on this album, but this next stretch is where I fucking love it, except for one song, man. If they'd have fucking placed it somewhere else, I'd have really fucking liked, you know, how it ran, but they put one song towards the middle of it that just threw it off for me but hell child i love how it starts off it fucking sounds like a snake you know i mean it's just that fucking i don't know what that fucking sound is like a maraca or something man but it fucking just kind of shimmies and stuff and it just fucking builds up like it's a fucking slither or something i don't i don't know what it is but fucking the way the song fucking starts building up and man i fucking love the lyrics on this and it's like you know and then there's this uh george does this slide like whenever um, Oni says I'm howling and he hits his fucking slide and every time I fucking hear it I'm like fuck yeah and then you know it's like I love that fucking line spend my time just drinking my wine 
I couldn't get any higher. Foolish you think, but it is what it is. I've tasted pure desire. Fuck, every time I hear A, I'm like, it reminds me because like, when I was listening to this fucking album, I was always getting fucked up because this was one of those albums that I always listened to when I was getting fucked up. And then uh, the drum, mixed drums, like right after, um, what is it he says? I've had my freedom and it tasted oh so good. And then fucking Mick just, bah, 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 bah. Fucking, yeah, I fucking love this. this. This is a great fucking song, man. Like, this is what... And then just the way it ends, like, my world might be up and down, my head might be spinning around, where I don't know, but my end might be just the beginning. To be honest with you, like, I had that fucking line. I think that was, like... Because you remember on MySpace, like, you'd have that little fucking thing where you put your own little information, like, uh, like a quote or something like that. I think that fucking line stayed. Like in my fucking MySpace page for like the longest fucking time, because I just love that fucking line. Uh, what do you think of how child Ian? <laughs> well, I I just want to point out again how fucked up Kentucky is because they're still on MySpace, and it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's 2016. Uh, uh, sorry you had to get on AOL to do this with us. Uh, <laughs> you. You fucking inbred hillbilly. I think uh, I think he's on web TV. <laughs> it, it's not HBO. It's Spectrovision. Um, this one initially, uh, my notes I said killer filler, but on repeated listenings I put no. It's better than that. Uh, spoiler alert for me. Where, well, and for the listeners, when I first got this. Love the fuck out of it, but I would play, like, the first four songs over and over. And then I never played the rest of it. I would always just, like, repeat those four songs. So, I knew those, like, the back of my hand. The album from there on out, I really had to listen to, because I never listened to it, even back in the day. So, initially, I listened to it once and went, meh. But I loved the first four songs so fucking much. I just played the shit out of them. So this is one, uh, you know, going back and revisiting it, I was like, eh. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, this is a good fucking song. You know, I just, I like the groove of it. Um, maybe, maybe it is what you consider killer filler, but I, I, I do dig it. But the album definitely goes downhill from there. I will say that. But uh, on repeated listens, I did enjoy Hell Child. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, Hell Child, the beginning reminds me a lot of Dream Warrior. It's got that Dream Warrior vibe. Now, this one I like. Uh, it's heavy. It has a cool groove. This is more my speed. You know, it's staying away from the trappings of the flavor of the moment back then. It's just concentrating on writing a good song instead of second-guessing what the masses would want with their little bluesy bullshit. If the rest of the album was like this, I would like it much more. I think this is a great song and uh, almost tied for my favorite. I like Wicked Sensation just a little bit more, but I think Hell Child is a standout track. It's an amazing song, and I wish the rest of the album was this good. I really like Hell Child a lot. I'll go ahead into the next one. She's Evil, But She's Mine, which uh, Michael W. Howard made me play on my show once. On one of my, uh, and I ended up playing the wrong version because he re-recorded this song. Uh, this is another good song I can sink, sink my teeth into. It's got a good vibe. does have some cock rock elements, I'm not going to lie. 
but not as blatant as the shit like like Sister of Mercy's. Uh, Oni's voice shines on this one. I dig the groove. Not perfect, but not a total waste. I like it, but I don't love it. Uh, the solo is a great example why George Lynch is considered one of the greats because you listen to George Lynch and you know it's George Lynch. And that to me is what makes a great fucking guitar player. And George Lynch does have his his style. You know, it's like you hear that you hear that guitar solo, you know that's fucking George Lynch. I think this song is good. It's not great. Third favorite right after Hellchild. Uh, one, two uh, decent songs. Uh, I dig it. I thought this song was good. And I even liked that other version because I remember when when Michael made me play it, I was listening to it like, uh-oh. You know, I don't know if I'm going to like this shit. And then I heard it, I was like, oh, this ain't that bad. But, you know, I can't remember if it was better than this version. Probably not, you know, but I think it's okay. It's not a bad song. She's evil, but she's mine would be. I would consider it like if this album was a kick-ass album, it'd be kind of like the filler that I can, I can uh, you know, sit through to get to the next killer track, but that doesn't really happen. But anyway, uh, what do you think, Michael? Oh, you already know I love this. And I, don't, I really don't care much for uh, Robert Mason's version, only because they, they bring it up more. You know, it's like the groove on this is just fucking perfect. You know, it's simple, it's slow, you know, it's, it's downtrodden. You know, it's like they try to bring it up some for Robert Mason. And it's a good song if you don't know the original. But once you hear the original, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't work as well. But yeah, fucking, I love how it fades into Oni's voice with the drums, just that don't, don't. and then you hear like fucking George's guitar just a little bit in the background behind the drums, and it just fucking you know just builds and it just takes you all over the place. And I mean, this song I used to use a lot with Max's girlfriend, my son's mom, and that's <laughs> every time I hear that fucking song, man, I always think about her, and it, I mean. And the song really doesn't, you know, kind of like push towards, you know, like, you know, woman being fucking evil or anything. But, you know, just the title reminds me of her, you know. You know, it's and funny it, that you mentioned that, Michael, because this song also reminds me of her when you used to work the third shift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that, man. I apologize now. Uh, I'm sorry that I made you raise my kid. Hey, hey look. <laughs> I feel more bad that you actually had to hit it, so you know we're even. I like hiding shit like that. But it, but the funny thing is though, like when we used to like, cause you gotta keep in mind, like you know I used to live in you know Myers Lane, and I had a group of friends. Like I got a like I invited a bunch of my friends from Myers Lane that's you know on the, the Rock and Metal Combat podcast you know page, and uh, none of which is the ones that I hung around with when. Well, one of them is actually dead now, but you know there's like this core group of friends of mine that you know. We used to all listen to docking, you know, like listen, party and shit together. And it was funny because like when we used to sing this song, because I mean, we'd all fucking, you know, like like we were rock stars back then. You know, we were 17, 18, you know, at the time. So, but uh, we used to always change the, the one line in it where he says, don't need it. We'd always sing like, we don't eat it. We don't eat it. Because most of the bitches that we fucked back then, yeah, you didn't fucking go down on <laughs> but, but that, that's the funny thing about it because like we all fucking like girls got passed around a lot you know in our old neighborhood and you know and you knew about it too because as soon as somebody told you you know they fucked somebody 
fucking next night you was over there like, hey, what are you doing? I got some of my early time. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> you didn't need it because the last thing you want to do is like, because I was exactly that bad. Like, uh, so how would I taste, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, I bet, yeah there, I, I bet there was a lot of times the guy was like, uh, that you went to go hit on somebody's sister, right? Because that, that, that guy banged his sister the night before. No, actually, I tell you what, honestly, I've slept with all my friends' sisters. And I'm sure all your friends fucked them, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kentucky, after all. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ian, what do you think of uh, She's Evil, But She's Mine? Wow, well, first of all, the whole don't eat it thing, that's a horrible way to talk about your sister, Michael. <laughs> um, good Lord. I'm um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they legalized abortion right after. Um, oh my God, this is what I was surprised. Uh, Ralph, you requested this on my radio show. No, I did it. Yeah, you did. What? Yeah, okay. yeah. And I was like, oh wow. I'm like, I don't even remember that song off the album. I was like, oh, this this must be good. I was Ralph's request, and I was like, wow. And then I heard it. I was like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, this this to me, I mean, there's killer filler, and then there's filler filler, and this is like Phyllis Diller. This is fucking horrible. Uh, it did absolutely nothing for me, you know. It's like, uh, yeah, it reminds me, of, you know, what my grandfather used to say about women. He's like, uh, yeah, she's a New York two, but she's a Kentucky ten, you know, <laughs> which which means she has four teeth. Um, oh my God, yeah, this is where. It really dips down, and as I'm revisiting the album, I remember why. I always played the first four and, and nothing else. This is just, like, really, really, like, I can't believe this shit made the album. This does absolutely nothing for me. Uh, she's evil, but she's mine. I'll tell you what, you could have her, fucking Mike. And, and uh, I'm sure all your friends did, too. A terrible track. But uh, while we're talking about shitty songs, I'll take the next one. Dance of the Dogs. Jesus Christ. This is horrible. This this is bottom basement fucking... Uh, there's nothing rememberable. There's nothing... Uh, nothing great. You know, solo, lyrics, structure, anything. This is just a bad fucking song. I mean, this is like... This is shit I expect on, like, Trickster. Or, you know, or, or some shit like that. You know, it's like... Uh, uh, Nelson would be like, oh, it doesn't have a hook. You know, this is just a bad, bad fucking song. And, uh, Ralph, what do you think of Dance of the Dogs? Yeah, terrible. I agree with you. Uh, but I do have a, actually one little, little good thing to say about it, but it's not really that great, but it's, it's the, the verse, the verse of the song is like somewhat tolerable to me because it kind of reminds me of I know I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, even though it's my favorite Led Zeppelin song. The Wonton song, or Wonton, whatever they call it. Wonton. The Wonton song. It kind of reminds me of that. And also the song Felony from uh, Breaking the Chain, if you remember that one. Uh, it, it's okay, the verses, but then it goes into this bridge and this chorus that just does not match how somewhat decent the, the verses are. It, you know, it's not like it's a total suck, but it's not even decent. It's kind of like on the border of a toilet. Actually, it's in the toilet. It's just 
It looks nicer than the other chunks of shit floating around it. But it's still shit. That's what I think of Dance of Dogs. Michael? Yeah, it is my least favorite song. Yeah. Like, uh, where uh, George is doing a so the last chorus, the solo George is doing, like, in last chorus, like the guitar play, that I really like. Like, I wish that would have been the guitar solo as opposed to the solo that he actually had. But, yeah, this is actually, uh, actually my least favorite song on the album. All right, I, like, take- I, like, I like the end of all these songs. <laughs> I like how all these yeah. songs end. Honestly, I tell you what, to be honest with you, if you listen, like, I know you never really, really listen to I mean, I've listened to this album a lot. And I listen to it a lot of times on headphones and a lot, a lot of times in the car. And it, it's just kind of weird because, like, if you listen to the beginning of the songs, you know, George plays, like, you know, you know, just, like, keeps it in with, you know, like, the, the groove of the song. But towards the end of the song... He's actually, you know, like letting loose a little bit more. Like it's just kind of weird. Like it's it's a transition that you know I've never really listened. I've never noticed. Like with most albums, like he plays a lot heavier or a little bit more, you know, notes in when he gets towards the end of the songs as opposed to when the songs are actually starting. But, All right, uh, I just want to say, and I said this in previous episodes. Some people drugs. It's good for some people, and some people it doesn't work well. <laughs> So, uh, to give you an example of somebody that shouldn't be taking drugs, Michael, tell us about what you think of Rain. Oh, actually, my 1A of uh, my favorite songs off the album. There you I go. Love- drugs are bad, people, for some people. I love this fucking song, man. Fucking. And you know the interesting thing about it? Like, this song is the only song on the album where the writing credits are reversed. George Lynch actually wrote the lyrics to this song, and Oni Logan wrote the music to this song. Which, that's actually the only song on this album where it's kind of like reversed like that, but yeah, man, fucking this song right here, man, I don't know what it, I love this fucking song. You know, when I first heard it, you know, I, the first thing I thought was like it was a ballad, but then when you start listening to it, it sounds more like it's about drug abuse or fucking overdose or something. From, you know, like how, it, and I love how it opens where it says like, you love your money, honey. Love the dope. Fill your dreams with a thousand hopes. See, this is another fucking, you know, like, song where I just love the fucking lyrics. Like, you could take the fucking music away, which I love the music, don't get me wrong. But you could take the music away, and I could really appreciate the fucking lyrics. Because, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of drugs in my life. I'm not going to lie, you know, I mean, I've done them excessively. But I've never actually had to deal with, like, total addiction. But I've dealt with people that's actually had addiction. And, you know, when you hear a song like this, you can just, like, you know, visualize, you know, like, probably what, you know, they actually, you know, go through. Because, like, that's what this song reminds me of, a total fucking addiction song. Like, you know, somebody has actually went through that shit and fucking put it to paper. But, you know, that's just me. All right. What do you think, Ian? <laughs> well, when I hear this song, yeah, I-, I picture Michael Howard driving around in an El Camino with a lot of Bondo on it. <laughs> and, and, and get getting on the CB and like breaker breaker good buddy, uh, you gotta hear the lyrics to Rain off a of lynch mob. Come uh, in, rubber duck. <laughs> we got a convoy. Uh, God damn this song. I, I wrote on my notes, not bad, not great. And then listen to the album again this morning. I, I realized I just wrote that to try to be nice to you, Mike. <laughs> 
this is a horrible fucking song. There's there's nothing good about this. Now maybe you know if you're you, you know you're sniffing a lot of rubber cement, you have some decent memories of this. But uh, uh, th- this is not good music. This is not a good song. Uh, very bland. Very of the time. A, a half-ass obligatory ballad that you had to have. You know, and uh, I mean, there's one even worse coming up. But this one uh, in itself. It is pretty fucking bad. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, uh, sound like a broken record. Predictable blues that all the bands were doing for some cred as being quote-unquote musicians. This sounds forced. Then it gets more hard rockish, but falls flat for me. This, These are the songs that like Badlands would do, but the difference is Badlands would do it right. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, they, when they did it, it didn't sound forts like this. You know what? Songs like this fucking piss me off. It sucks. Slayer. So I guess whenever I've posted it on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, like probably the last four times, you never listened to it, huh? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I, I never listen to anything you put up. <laughs> Don't surprise me. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll take the next one. Um, no bed of roses. Cock Rocklicious. This one. This was catered to chicks at the time. Back when chicks dug guys who wore lip gloss and eyeliner. Back before they finally figured out it was much better uh, fucking chicks that wore lip gloss and eyeliner. This is the type of song that gave the ammo to grunge bands that needed to seal the fate on bullshit like this scene. Fuck this song, Slayer! Thank you. Alright, uh, yeah, this, this is fucking terrible. I mean, I don't understand how the first four songs, in my opinion, are such high-quality cock rock. I mean, I think they're well-played songs, they're catchy, I enjoy everything about them. But this second half is so bad and I don't know who sequenced the album. You know, you know, did the orders of the songs. You know, and they're either a genius or a fucking idiot because it starts off so good, and then the 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 drop off is is so it's like going off the fucking Grand Canyon. Like maybe it would have been better to space it out a little bit more to keep people's interest, but I don't know. That that's why for me, like I said, I played the first four and then gave up because this is. This is fucking terrible, and I expect a lot more out of George Lynch. Like, you know, did you even try? And this one has uh, a music credit to Max Norman. And to his credit, I think he just told him to stop playing. You know, because <laughs> it's fucking horrible. And, and they had to credit him with the good sense of telling him, stop, stop, this is not a good song. But uh, something tells me Mikey likes it. Uh, it's my second favorite song on the album. Oh my, my god, no! Yes, I love this fucking song, man. Oh I love, my I love how it fucking... Man, look, it starts off, you made your first mistake the way you let me down. And goes from there. Fuck yeah, man. I, I don't see how you don't like this song. Well, this let this be a lesson to everybody out there. When, you're, when your brother and sister fucking have a kid, <laughs> you end up with Michael W. Howard here. Yeah, it, it sets the bar real low, so I can see why you think this is a good song. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no better roses in, in, in sister and brother's bed. 
<laughs> oh god. No offense, dude. I know. I know. It's that's the way of a lot. lot <laughs> By the way, how many toes do you have? <laughs> do you have every? Do you have every limb? <laughs> no, look. I got seven toes, just all on one foot. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. <laughs> and they're all webbed. <laughs> Oh, man. That's pretty brutal, bro. All right, uh, uh, are we done talking? Uh, did I talk? Yeah, I talked about no battles. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me take this next one. Holy fuck! Look, look, I don't even have to listen to a song called "Through These Eyes" to know it sucks. But I listened to it anyway just to confirm it. Holy fuck! Does this blow? I mean, it's a, it's, it's like a, a bad Tesla song. And, and it's almost like I don't even have to hear this song. The title screams this song sucks. Look at me, baby. I show you how much my love means to you. Just look through these eyes. Through these things. Just, just look past my eyeliner and all, of, and all around them. Oh, what I feel for you. I need you, baby. Nobody can make me make makeup tips like you can. Please don't leave me. I need you. I need you for fucking hair tips. Fuck this song. This song is fucking terrible. Through these eyes. I mean, right there, man. Let me tell you something. Somebody comes up to me in Thrasher.com. I go, hey, I wrote a song called Through These Eyes. And I'm going to, I'll just give them two black eyes. I, mean, I ain't going to sing no song called <laughs> Through These Eyes. What kind of fucking title is that? I'd rather fucking... I, I prefer Unskinny Bop as a fucking song title than Through These Eyes. Fuck this song. I, I fuck this song like fucking... Fucking Michael's bro, dad slash brother fucked his sister. Thank you. All right. Through These Eyes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know what I see through these eyes. I, 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 I see fucking Michael Howard walking through the halls at school his senior year. You know, listen to it to not a Sony Walkman, but a realistic Walkman. You know, the one you get at Radio Shack. You know what's funny about what you just said? You're making pretend Kentucky actually has schools. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no. Like I, you, you cut me off. I was gonna say, you know, I pictured him his senior year, or what the rest of us call fifth grade. Uh, oh my god! Uh, this this is so bad. This is so. Oh, that was good. Goddamn, that's gonna be on the best of. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is so bad. This is one of the worst ballads I've ever heard, and I heard a lot of shitty ballads. I like uh, that Steelheart Angel Eyes song better than this. This is this is bad. And but what I think is going to make everybody laugh more than what I just said is how you defend this song, Mike. So why don't you talk about through these eyes? <laughs> I love it. I mean, I really. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, Mr. Valedictorian. He can he can count to the letter he can count to the letter blue. What a fucking genius here. Dude, I pretty love it I actually dedicate this song to a fucking girl I used to be in love with too. No wonder she left your ass. <laughs> yeah, she's like, God damn it, it's midnight. When's his third shift start? I wanna fuck a man. <laughs> <laughs> 
I knew I knew a girl that liked this song. I put a spike through her eyes. <laughs> oh my god! I now continue to defend this. <laughs> yeah, this is funny shit. You should you should go you should do stand up and go up on stage and play the song and then talk about how you like it. I mean, I think it's a good fucking family. I mean, me personally, I love how it starts with George's acoustic, you know, and fucking singing and, and fucking breaks up. But I mean, yeah, actually, I did dedicate this to a girl that, you know, I was in love with, man. Fucking. It. And I guess she did leave. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I never made the connection until now. No. <laughs> 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 I can't believe when you get that check at the first of every month, this is what you buy. <laughs> Ooh, oh, all right. Who wants to take the next one? I, I, I'll take it uh, for a million years. Uh, this is probably the only song on the second half that I, I can tolerate. It's It's definitely not as strong as what I like on the first side, but compared to the fucking steaming turds on the second side it makes it sound tolerable so I'm still not convinced it's a good song it's just better than the other shit and that's the nicest thing I can say about for a million years what do you think Mike oh it, I really like this song I, the thing I like about it is that um, the bass in it you know what I mean this, I think this is the only song and by bass he means the coke he was smoking while he was listening to it <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, this is like one of the only songs like you really feel like Anthony Esposito's presence. You know, what I mean, it's like you you hear a lot of Oni. I mean, you hear a lot of uh, George. You hear a lot of Mick, but you don't hear a lot of Anthony. You, you don't hear. It's kind of like the um, "Ain't Justice for All" album. I mean, you don't get a lot of bass out of it. You know, and this is the one song where you know Anthony Esposito actually kind of a little bit you know shines on it. And then there's this one part like when George is doing his um, guitar solo where it's like a wall of sound around, you know, like you hear the bass, you hear the drum, and it just sounds like the the guitar solo is coming from the middle of it, you know. It's just like it's overpowering bass, drum, and then you just hear this solo coming out of it. I really like that. I mean, you know, I wish they would have done something more like that on a couple other songs, but it's not one of my favorite songs, you know, but, I, you know, I listen to this whole album. You know, when I listen to it, I listen to it from front to beginning. I don't ever listen to, you know, a couple of selected songs. I mean, I like listening to the whole album. And I usually sing along with, like, every single song. This one I don't really ever sing. But there's a part at the end where it says, The Church of New Love Waits. And it's kind of like a break. I always fucking hit that. I don't know why, but <laughs> when I'm, if I'm fucking driving, like, I'll be listening to this whole fucking song. And it's like... The Church of New Love waits, and then I'll fucking sing that. But it's it's a decent song. I mean, it's not one of my favorites, but you know, it's it's serviceable. <laughs> All right, uh, for a million years, this is a great example of why I didn't listen to this album for a fucking million years. <laughs> it's another stupid, sappy, lyric-filled song. Ooh, baby, I'll stay with you for a million years. Yeah, right. Whoever the fuck he wrote this song about is not with him anymore. She's in a fucking trailer in Kentucky with some toothless, abusive construction worker covered in jailhouse tattoos. 
This song is as fake as George Lynch's experiment with new metal. But at least there, he knew he was being a phony. And this, he actually, he actually wasted brain power to play guitar during this fucking song. He should have just put his guitar down and just farted and burped during the whole song. Slayer! <laughs> All right, Mike, take the last song. All right, last song. Street Fighting Man. This is a song where I don't care much for the lyrics. I love the fucking music on it. Like, Dance of the Dog. Like, when I got the uh, CD, I thought there was going to be an instrumental. You know, because of Mr. Scary. I thought for sure George was going to put an instrumental on this album. Dance of the Dog. When I was looking at the uh, titles, I thought that was going to be the instrumental of the album. And then whenever the song came up and lyrics came up, I was kind of like, okay, well, he puts, you know, lyrics to it, so whatever. But I think, honestly, if you listen to the music, I think this was supposed to be the instrumental. And then maybe, like, Oni didn't want that and had to put lyrics on it. So he went ahead and, like, threw together some lyrics real quick. So to make it like a Lynch Mob song instead of a George Lynch, you know, instrumental. But I don't like the lyrics. But I love the fucking music. Like, if I could take the lyrics off that fucking song, I would like it a lot more. All right, Ralph. Uh, yeah, Street Fighter, man, this one is, I, I, I would have to say it's, like, somewhat decent. I like Oni's voice on this one. Maybe it's because of the past songs that make this sound not so piss poor. Uh, you know, I don't really suffer through this one as, uh, as I did, like, the past, like, several songs. This one has at least one ball still intact, unlike the castrated song before it. It has some kind of manliness to it. It's all right. You know, the solo is the best part. No, actually, the best part is that it ends the fucking album. Thrasher die! Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of this song. I remember when I saw it on the CD, I was like, I wonder if it's a cover of the Stone song. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And, 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 that's not even a Stone song I like. Yeah. A lot of people consider that a classic. I never liked that song. And the only person I can imagine enjoying this song is Michael W. Howard. And, and I can see him with his fucking, you know, with his Walkman and this shit blaring. And then I realize when I get to the front window why my order's all fucked up at McDonald's. <laughs> you know, because he wasn't paying attention. He was listening to this, you know, thinking of his sister. Uh, man, what, what a terrible way to end this album. You know, so, you know, I, I still stand by my opinion of the first four, maybe five songs on this album, I, I, I think are incredible. But the rest of it is just like, you know, you know, Ralph hinted on, this is why this era of music died. Because it, it's like people just stopped trying. You know, it's like, oh, we just got to do this and look pretty. And then, uh, you know, kids in Kentucky will buy it, you know? <laughs> That's exactly uh, right. You, you nailed it. It was like, I'm sure this is a big seller in Kentucky. <laughs> you know, like... The less you know, teeth, the more sales. You know, and I, I mean, I don't know if the rest of your fifth grade class enjoyed this, but... Uh, <laughs> did you guys uh, Did you guys play at a, uh, at a graduation in, on your senior year in fifth grade? <laughs> <laughs> this is a song I walked out on. <laughs> oh my god uh yeah it doesn't end well but man i i still love george lynch and uh, uh they're as we're 
recording this, their rumors are going up again about a docking reunion. And I hope they do it before somebody dies, because I never got to see the classic lineup of docking. And I would, I would much rather enjoy that than having to listen to this album again. But I'm so glad we did this review. That means I never have to listen to anything other than the first five songs again. Yeah. Um, but, I never uh, have to listen to those first five songs again. <laughs> I don't this, have to listen to this shit ever again. <laughs> but <laughs> Michael W. Howard does have to repeat the fifth grade again. <laughs> he never graduated. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great school dropout. <laughs> um, this was released, uh, I don't have the exact date, but this did come out in 1990, produced by Max Norman, and this did go gold. It, it was it was a, a minor hit at the time, and this was really like the last era before, uh, you know, the whole grunge explosion and, and, and take it over. Now, Mike, something you said, you said Up From The Ashes came out before this, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Oh, okay, I always thought it was the other way. Well, that makes sense. Well, uh, I checked. I have a release date for Up from the Ashes that came out in October of ninety. So we're talking almost ninety one. So this must have come out, you know, November and December. So yeah, this was really. I mean, ninety one is when grunge took over. So this was out for about a week, and then nobody gave a shit other than the people in Podunk, Can uh, Kentucky. Um. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, it, it, like I said, the songs I love, I love. But other than that, whoo! Does anybody else have some closing thoughts on this album? No, I don't. <laughs> Mike. Well, I mean, me personally, I mean, like the way I feel, I think that if music probably would have went more in the direction of this album, which I know some people on this podcast would actually, you know, disagree that, you know, maybe fucking rock music wouldn't have fucking, you know, died out. I don't think, you know, I, my thing is, though, I don't see how people fucking like Nirvana. I mean, people, you know, come back. I mean, when Nirvana came out, I didn't fucking like them, you know, and I didn't know anybody that fucking liked them. And now fucking, you know, what, 30, 20 years later, you know, everybody's like, oh, I fucking love Nirvana. Did you really? Like, why? I mean, they did have that one, like, uh, Come As You Are. That was a decent song, but the rest of it, I just did not get. I still don't get to this day. Pearl Jam's another one I still don't fucking get. And people act like, you know, they was into it, you know, from the rock scene. And I'm like, how, how could you go from, I mean, maybe, you know, people was tired of, you know, the saturated music, you know, the watered down music, that maybe, you know, they did, you know, like the change, but nobody, I fucking didn't like it. And I think that if music would have progressed more into what, you know, this album was, which was more, you know, like adult music, like, you know, I mean, it does have, you know, some parts of, you know, it sounds, you know, cock rockish or something like that. But I mean, it's not poison, you know, it's not fucking, you know, hair metal, you know, it's not, you know, like these fucking posers that came in afterwards trying to, you know, capitalize on the scene. Yeah, they did try to take elements that was, you know, popular at the time, more of a bluesy sound, but I love fucking bluesy music. I mean, you got heavy metal, which, you know, I love heavy metal. I'm not I'm not really that big on thrash or death metal and stuff like that. I mean, there's albums I do like. You know, I like the big four, but, you know, I mean, there's some that, I, you know, I'm like, I can get into, and then some that's just a little too over the top. But, you know, it's like, 
some, something like this is more my speed. You know, it's it's got every element that yeah, I'm slow. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 simple jack motherfucker. I yeah. I feel I feel sorry for you because the likelihood of this music coming back is is the same as CSI solving a crime in Kentucky because everybody has the same DNA and no dental records. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but, yeah no, the, the chance of this music coming back is the chances that Kentucky will have sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how futuristic of you, Ralph. But this music here ma 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 make me happy. <laughs> hey. Never go full retard. <laughs> unless, unless you're doing it to get that SI check at the beginning of the month. So, uh, so you can buy more cock rock on cassette. Ooh, boy. This oh, was man. a good episode, man. <laughs> yeah. Better than the album. <laughs> oh, come on. What is it? All right. Well, uh... Thank you, Mike, for joining us. Uh, that was a fun episode. Yeah. And I, I would say we hope to have you back, but not if you pick another one like this. Yeah. No, Mike, <laughs> I would like to have Mike back, but please, Mike, don't make me suffer and sit through an hour of my Hey, look, honestly, when Ian actually asked me, I was not expecting Lynch Mob. I wasn't. I was expecting fucking Thin Lizzy. I thought y'all was going to make me suffer. No, no, no. That next one, you're going to suffer, motherfucker. <laughs> we're gonna but yeah. we're, we're gonna fucking we're gonna fucking review Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> I, I tell you what, that would be much better than Thin Lizzy. I really, you don't like Thin Lizzy? I really don't. All right, it's, it's, I like the music. Well, then I, mean, I like, guess we won't have you back. Uh, but I will say one thing. You know, this this is a trip, though, man. You know, and, and I appreciate you know y'all having me on, but it's just kind of a weird trip. And I know I've told you this before, Ralph, but you know, it's like. I've never listened to podcasts before. You know, I, I used to go to YouTube pages, you know, and I'd listen to, you know, like documentaries and stuff like that on, you know, musicians. And I, for some reason, I looked up Vinnie Vincent and I came across fucking um, Mitch LaFond's old, um, you know, podcast or um, review page or whatever the fuck it was that he did with, you know, two other guys. And, uh, you know, I kind of got into it, you know, because they talk about kids. I didn't like a lot of the content, but when Mitch LaFont left, you know, they were talking about, you know, his replacement. And, you know, so I was still looking around on YouTube and I came across a fucking review page. And it was the Almost Human page. And I was like, this dude right here, man. So I actually sent your, a link to your page to that group, you know, saying this guy would be fucking perfect, you know, for, you know, to replace him. Because, you know, your knowledge of Kiss and your humor was just, you know, perfect. I thought it would have been perfect. You know, and nothing was said about it. You know, I posted on there like, hey, have you ever heard this fucking guy before? You know, and nobody fucking replied to it. And I was kind of like, really? He's not big on MySpace? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, actually, uh, uh, something you may not be aware of, and I know the podcast you're talking about, uh, they're, they're not big fans of me. Uh, those people, well, actually, the, 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 the guy with the little goatee. Uh, to- Tommy Summers, whatever his name is, that guy, he's cool with me. He's a nice guy, and I have him on my Facebook. But that other guy seems to have a problem with me because, you know, I I pretty much, uh, 
I, I have an opinion, and I'm not like a shell, and you know, I'm an, and I am an Ace Frehley nut swinger, and and he loves to goof on people that love Ace Frehley. I know he always turns around saying, "Well, I don't hate Ace Frehley," but you know, people, but you know, there's a lot of passionate fans, and and then I got caught in the crossfire because it all happened when I made a video about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and how I think it's bullshit and this and that because they weren't going to have Ace and Peter play. And that somehow ended up on their podcast. And then the guy pretty much goofed on me. And then by you going, which I wasn't aware you did this, but but you going there and mentioning me how I should be, I'm sure they looked at it where he did and said, fuck no, I don't want this asshole, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, because look, whenever uh, I used to be on your Almost Human page, and I used to request a Vinny Vincent review. Like, almost fucking every week. I think it was because of you I finally did it. Yeah, because you actually thanked me at the end of it. Oh, there you, you go. He's like, yeah, this one guy said, you know, he didn't care if I ragged on it or not, you know, but I'm going to do it anyway. He pre- he likes it when I, you know, make fun of something. Yeah, it's just kind of weird how fucking shit comes, like, full circle around. Yeah. Like, you know. And also, full- we're, we're a podcast yeah. that... Yeah. I, Speaking I'm- of full circle, like your family tree. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> Your, your family tree is a totem pole. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, what was I going to say? We are, I don't know, I mean, as far as I know, there's there are podcasts out there that have, you know, some guests here and there, but I don't know as uh, as much as we do, because we actually, uh, are there like podcasts that have their listeners on as no, much as no, we do? No, I, I've never heard another one, a lot of the podcasts, like, you already have to be either on a popular podcast or it seems like you have to be in this clique to get on. Where, we'll, obviously, we'll let any jackass I on mean, here. shit, look who we had this week. <laughs> exactly. But I also, I, I truly 100% seriously feel that uh, that is part of our charm and part of our successes. We make everybody, like, even if you have no talent or no aspirations, like Mike, uh, you could be part of this show, and, and that's what people love. It's, it's it's not only our expert opinions, but you know uh, the com the common man or the simple Jack from Kentucky, if you will, can can be part of this, and 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 I love that, and that's something I would never change about this show. Uh, but maybe I should set the bar higher. But since right. the the likelihood, Michael, of you being on this show again is. You know, about the same as anybody in your town getting a GED. What, <laughs> uh, why, why don't you give us a pick of the week? Well, I mean, my pick of the week is Syzygy by Lynch Mob. It's a demo, actually. Um, it's an EP. It only has three songs on it. It's, uh, so it was songs not good enough to make it on this album. No, 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 no. Actually, it was originally going to be the uh, Lynch Mob album after Smoke This. Where he gets back with Oni Logan, and he's got Mick Brown, Anthony F. Zito. But for some reason, like, uh, they had one session where, you know, Oni was there, and then Oni left again. So they only actually got three three songs out of the set. So they end up, you know, selling it off of uh, George's uh, uh, page, whatever it is. Uh, so, uh, but, take, take, take your time. Sound out the big words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I've been drinking fucking Old Forester. So. Uh, yeah, no, but there's only three songs on it. Into the Light, All Things Must Pass, and Waterfall, which I think are all three fucking really great songs. But 
they tend to be more towards um, the middle part of what the Lynch Mob album was with Oni. So I don't know if y'all will really appreciate it, but I fucking love it. I mean, I, I thought this could have been a great fucking album because it was more. It came out in, uh, I think, 98. Yeah, I, I have it, but I've never listened to it. Oh, fucking love it, man. I fucking, as soon as I found, because see, there's this place called Ear Ecstasy, where it used to be here. And the funny thing about it is, though, man, fucking with Ear Ecstasy was where you could go get albums or CDs and shit. But, like, it was before, like, the real internet. Like, you know, before, like, I, I started going there back in 97 getting my album and this came out in 98 so i wasn't really familiar with the internet but i could go there and they had a fucking computer kind of like the old dot matrix computers you know like you had in school back when you know well back when i was in fifth grade but what, what was it a computer or a speaking spell <laughs> it was a speaking spell yeah because you know I, yeah <laughs> but i mean you could go in there man you could fucking type in you know like bands and it would tell you like what fucking albums they had and then it would have like exports and you could get like export albums. Like when I got uh, smoked this, you know, I got I, when I first got smoked this, I got the fucking uh, export album because uh, like it wasn't going to be. It was released I think like three or four months before it was released in America, and I was actually able to get a copy of that before you know it came out. And it had the whole totally different like like I got the new one because I lost my old one, and the song uh, listing is entirely fucking different. But you can go in there and you can find fucking, uh, like, you know, albums you never even fucking heard of. Or you can order the fucking export albums with the fucking, you know, bonus tracks on it. And, and by, by, like, imports, you mean, you know, song uh, records from other states? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the shit that you can get in California, man, with the extra songs. Because in Louisville... We'd only get fucking like four tracks because that's all they thought we could handle. <laughs> New now. York City. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that the Sigigi album might actually have more songs on it, but what I could only get access to was the three because because well, because they only sell cassette singles. Right, <laughs> right, right. But you know, I mean, because like back then, like well, when this came out, like the internet wasn't like what it is today. Where I mean, you can find fucking any fucking album you want. You go to Amazon. Boom, there it is. Back then, man, fucking, if you didn't know the album was coming, if you didn't read Metal Edge, you didn't know a fucking album was coming out. So, it's kind of like, like, when, um... And if you went to school with Mike, you couldn't read Metal Edge. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what she read to me at night, you know, before I went to bed, you know, I was like... Because she's actually from another state, so she got an education. Right. So, right, right. But no, I mean... Oh, she must be from West Virginia. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, I mean because the internet wasn't really that fucking big at the time. So like, I mean, because when I got first, yeah, neither one, were books. Books. <laughs> like, well, I mean, '98 or you know, dentistry. Like, <laughs> just, I, uh, I, oh, oh, what is this witchcraft you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I, enough of your hillbilly ass, Ralph. What's your pick of the week? All right, I can't believe I never picked this one. I actually opened up my iTunes to look through my my albums, and oh my god, this one, and and I actually posted something about this last night. This is like one of the most important albums of my life. It really is my first rock, hard rock album that really set the motion of what I'm into, and that's Left Overture by Kansas. 
Uh, I still have the same album I bought in 1976. I thought you did pick this one. Did I? Well, well if I did, then yeah, I'll... So refresh everybody's memory. Well, I, maybe I did, because it's a very important album. And, and, and I think it's worth mentioning again, because maybe it was on an episode somebody did here. Uh, this album, the reason I bought this album was um, because uh, the Fonz was like the biggest shit in the world then. And he made a movie back then with Sally Fields called Heroes. I don't know if you ever heard of the movie. I and, DVD. Huh? You have it? Yeah, I have it. All right, cool. I have to see that movie. Man, I haven't seen it since the 70s. Anyway, that movie had the song Carry On My Wayward Son. And I loved it. I was like, oh, I love that song, you know? So I went out and bought the album. It might have not been 76. I might have the, the years. Maybe that that movie came out after this album was out. But uh, I bought this album, and man, when I was a kid, all I would do is listen to side one. I would never listen to side two. I, I would just listen to Side One, and I love Side One so much. But yeah, I finally like turned the album over, and I, I like Side Two just as much. Um, it's a very extremely important album, The Wall, What's on Your Mind. My all-time favorite Kansas song, Miracle Out of Nowhere. You know, uh, Opus Insert, Magnus Opus, Shining Anthem. There's so many great, everything on this album fucking rules, and it's... A very, very important album to me. And I think it really does fucking... I mean, it, it dabbles in metal. It gets really... You know, and, and it's the kind of prog that don't... Bore, prog usually bores me. Like, I can't get into Yes. You know? Uh, but Kansas, I could get into. It was more accessible to me. And I think Left Overture, along with the follow-up, Point of No Return is another amazing one. And Monolith from 79. Those were three albums that were mainstays in my childhood. And then, you know, I went back and I bought Mask, which is a phenomenal album. The first one, Song for America. And then they went a little more AOR with, you know, uh, audio, audio vision, power. And I liked all that shit as well, you know, but uh, my pick of the week, Kansas Left Overture, 1976. All right. Uh, I, I will have to revisit that. I haven't, haven't listened to it, so I'll check it out. Uh, my pick of the week, I was trying to stay with something related, and <laughs> much like Mike. And uh, I went with uh, another album produced by Max Norman, uh, which is Megadeth, Euthanasia. And while it's not a perfect album, I will say I listened to it more than uh, Countdown to Extinction. There are some songs I really love on here, like Reckoning Day, Train of Consequences, uh, Legion Fields. I mean, there's also songs that I totally despise, like uh, A Tout Le Monde. Uh, I can't stand. But I think it is a, sonically, I think it's a good album. It's a little, you know, they were starting to go that more commercial route. Not as thrash. But there is some good stuff on here. And if you haven't listened to it in a while, or you never checked it out, uh, give uh, Megadeth Euthanasia a spin. That's my pick of the week. Yeah, well, so I, I, I'm kind of on the fence on that one. It does have some really good songs. I like Victory a lot. I thought yeah. it was a really good song. And I know a lot of people who hate that song, but I, I like it. I love it. You know, it's a little history lesson on Megadeth. And right. I, you a know, lot of Black, Curtain, Black Curtains wasn't bad either. I, I mean, it does have its moments, but yeah, the Toot Lamont is like... Yeah, horrible. And he did it He did it twice. That's like why it was bad enough yeah. the first time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But And there's a couple other clunkers. I think Family Trees, one I didn't like. Uh, but, uh, a few on there. I wasn't, I wasn't really into Euthanasia either, the song. I was like, eh. 
Oh, that one I didn't mind. But, well, uh, alright. Well, well, Mike, do you do you have like a MySpace page to plug or anything? <laughs> so, so you'd like where where people can get a hold of you? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, I, do, do you ha- do you have a landline you would like to give the number for? Uh, <laughs> is there any like party your friend is throwing like near a cement pond? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I'm still on a uh, AOL uh, group's uh, glam chat room. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I don't. Is that still around? I don't know, but you know, you want to hear something funny? I still, my main email is AOL. Really? Uh, yeah, think... my main email, uh, I still use the AOL. And I still hear that, you got mail. I still hear that guy. So I still use AOL as far as like my email from way back then. Because I used to have AOL. Well, we all did at one point. Yeah. And, uh,. You know, if you if you uh, you know get off your account and don't you know, it's just your email always stays there. So if you if you left AOL and stopped paying your bill, your email's still there. And uh, I still and, use it. And, and Mike, where do you live in Kentucky? What what city? Louisville. What, what's the name of it? Louisville. 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 Okay. Well, if you if you ever visit Louisville, Kentucky. And you want a whopper? Uh, go inside because he gets very confused at the drive-through because <laughs> he's listening to Lynch Mob on his Walkman. Uh, Mike, we want to thank you, dude. You were uh, a good sport. Yeah, no, a great, great guest. He was really good. I liked him. Uh, we we enjoyed having you on, and it was worth it to to do a shitty album just to have you on here. So I want to thank you, and I know Ralph wants to thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I, I thank you a lot. I don't really thank you for making me fucking listen to this stupid album. <laughs> but next time, that's we're going to we're gonna make you work next time. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I told fucking Ian when he asked me. I was like, Ralph's actually listening to fucking uh, Wicked Sensation? Yeah, and Ralph had to do notes, which he hates. I know. I don't research. like doing notes, man. I hate doing that. I like I love reviewing shit I know. Because I feel more comfortable doing it this way, but and believe me, I mean, uh, Ian will tell you, I've done reviews for albums I hated, and I sat there and I ended up liking it more than I, I ever did. And yeah, this ain't I, one of them. No, <laughs> no, and and I went through the same, you know, things I did with all the other albums. I don't just listen to it once. Ah, this shit sucks. I listen to it. I did. I put that shit in my car and I listened to it at least four times the past like week and a half. I've been listening to it because I know we were going to get you on soon. And then finally, after like four or five listens, I sat here at home and put it on one last time and took notes of each song. And that was uh, yesterday, actually. And that was it. I was done. I was like, okay, that's it. I don't have to hear this no more. But next time, yeah, you know what I mean? I thought it was hysterical how you liked these songs, like through your eyes and all that shit. And I think it'll be equally hysterical hating like actual good songs. I think that'll be good. So we'll look we'll look for something good for you to hate. <laughs> and I, I I hope you and the rest of your graduating class uh, sit on the teeter-totter and listen to this uh, episode when it premieres. <laughs> yeah, gather all your friends and hang out near a cement pond and listen, and listen to our show. Yeah, because you are, you are going to be the star of the trailer park, my friend. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Dude, Mike, you, you were a real good sport, man, and uh, and that was fun. Did you have a good time? Hey, you know nothing offends me. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I know. You love this album. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, damn, that should be included. I'll fucking have it in there, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. All right, now we get to the part that I gotta do every week. Uh, talk about the stuff we got to, and that is Podbean. Check us out on Podbean, our home, uh, our main page, where there's links to everything, where you get every episode every Sunday morning. Go on there, you know, follow us. Uh, subscribe, whatever the fuck it is. Leave comments. You can leave, if you join up, you can uh, follow us, leave comments on the episodes. Uh, I love that kind of shit. Also, check us out on iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. That way you get every episode. And also leave a review. You leave a review, we're going to read that shit on the air and make you famous because people all over the world listen to this shit and they will hear your name and hear your review. So be funny and give us five fucking stars. Also, check us out on that metal station where you can hear us twice a week. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern and Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern. All right, while you're still on that metal station, check out a friend of ours, a big fan of the show. Mike Tyler has two shows, one on Tuesday that is strictly thrash and another one that, on Friday that just plays everything. Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it, don't be a cunt. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast, the Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast, and if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Simp Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and iTunes. 
the True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Hello, this is Lee Gerstman, and... I listen to a show called Wadzilla Rock. It's on a station called thatmetalstation.com. I love the show. Ian Wadley does music heavy rock from when I was younger up until now, and he's got an extensive bunch of cool shit that he plays. And I love pumping my dog in memory to those tunes. Check it out on Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. That is Wadzilla Rock on thatmetalstation.com. Thank you. Hey, 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 it's me, Bill Wang. Make sure you listen to the Dr. Fuck Show Thursdays, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, of course, the replay Sundays, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on thatmetalstation.com. Biddle, diddle. Oh, damn it, I fucked up. Bam! All right, well, if you love that episode, and we know you did, come back next week. When our special guest is none other than Michael W. Howard, because nope, none of the stars from Big Podcast want to come out here, so we're limited in our choices. But we said, Mike, pick whatever you want to do. So next week is an epic episode. It's going to be Iron Maiden, the Yannick Gears years. <laughs> <laughs> That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Oh shit! You know, Jack there is is sloppier than than Michael's mom's vagina. <laughs> <laughs>